This is Coast to Coast. I'm Carol Masser. We are here every day bringing you the latest news from the world of business and finance and the most interesting stories in global technology from Silicon Valley and beyond, powered by our more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. You can download Coast to Coast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Bloomberg.com. You can also listen to our radio show weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, only on Bloomberg Radio. All right, so over the last five years, Gloria Larson and I have had many conversations along with a group of great guests from academia, from the business world. We've also heard from students about career preparedness, what schools need to do, what recruiters and companies want, what students need to be aware of, and what they need to pursue. Gloria Larson is president of Bentley University, my co-host for this hour. And Bentley, of course, a strategic and great partner of Bloomberg Radio. What a journey. And I'm your most grateful partner. I have to say, this five-year journey, the deep dive into what do college graduates need to succeed, both in the marketplace and also in their lives, has been really terrific. And fortunately, we're seeing some real progress in how schools, I think, are educating future generations. If I may, let's go back five years. Sure. And what made you folks think about doing Prepared You? Why did, why did it just kind of strike you that this is what needed to be done? We launched a national survey. At the time, it was the largest that had ever been compiled of educators, employers, students, their parents. Uh, and we asked them, are schools succeeding in giving kids the education and the skill sets they need in a marketplace that was just emerging from a worldwide global recession? Mm-hmm. And, in fact, the unemployment rates for uh, for graduates straight out of college was double digits, almost 10%. So employers were saying the following, we need kids to hit the ground running. They have to have hard skills. Meanwhile, the CEO, who wasn't actually doing the hiring, was saying, you know what? We still need soft skills too. And we found there there was a big contradiction in the marketplace. Fast forward to today, and now, at the time, a disproportionate number of employers said, kids just are not prepared for what we're asking them to do when they leave college. Today, a disproportionate number, almost 80%, are saying, you know what? They're much better prepared than they were before. And I think that has a lot to do with both how employers are seeing the skill sets that are needed today and how schools are much better matching real-world skill sets with education in the classroom. Which is wonderful because I went back to our first conversation back in March of 2013. And at that point, you know, college debt was just first and foremost for me because I just heard so many stories, had done so many reports, talked to so many individuals who came out with tens of thousands of dollars of debt, no job, and no, you know, thoughts or hopes, you know, in terms of pursuing something. Um, And it just frustrated me. And I just thought you guys spoke to exactly what needed to be done to kind of connect all the pertinent parties. Well, we had, I think, uh, for schools that were literally still trying to regroup and figure out how do we prepare this next generation, we had a pretty magical recipe that combined both liberal arts with business majors. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, our kids were thinking about career planning, and we had a very robust career services program that was a four-year program for students so that they could build their career development um, as they progressed in their studies. And at the same time, we had one of the most robust internship programs in the country. And this was when a lot of schools, especially smaller colleges, had almost no 
program for internships. So we matched. It seemed like a no-brainer. Two, why wouldn't you have it? And now everyone <laughs> does fortuitously, fortunately, for at least most do. Mm-hmm. Um, but the point is we matched the outside in with the inside out in the classroom. And having that curriculum d- evolve in the right way along with career planning, along with robust technology capabilities too, matching the latest yeah. technology that kids would need in the workplace. And so putting those together, that experiential learning with what they were learning in the classroom, classroom really was the recipe. And since then, we've seen an awful lot of colleges follow suit. And that, to me, gives me just an awful lot of hope. But here's what's different. Today, it's you're, the, the argument is being flipped because I think it's because uh, AI, artificial intelligence, and machine learning is mm-hmm. becoming more and more dominant. Um, you can't really predict five years out what will the job itself look like. We know it will involve hybrid skills in education. It's not just studying one thing deeply. Um, but at the same time, what we want are nimble learners. So we want them to have skill sets that can match what the marketplace needs now. But employers are saying to us, you know what? We care as much about their soft skills, critical thinking, communications, Mm -hmm. team building, their ability to understand other perspectives and work on group projects to solve problems, and empathy, really knowing how to work in a group. And so that's evolved in ways that I think now better matches what the education world is looking to try to do for kids. We're going to hear more about that in just a moment because Susan Brennan, uh, Associate Vice President of University Career Services at Bentley University, is going to join us. Talk to us, too, about what she's been hearing um, from companies, from recruiters. We do have to take a moment and just talk a little bit about the Bloomberg Markets Bite of the Day. It's one number that tells us a lot, and today's number is 47.5%. According to a report from Research and Markets, artificial intelligence, which Gloria Larson was just talking about, artificial intelligence in U.S. education is expected to grow by 47.5% between now and 2021. The report suggests AI will play a role in areas such as automated grading and advanced tutoring. Fascinating, Gloria. This is just what we were talking about. Well, it's not just, only... No, well, yeah. yeah and it's take, and no, and it's taking hold in schools as well as in the in employers in the marketplace, too. So think of something like accounting. An awful lot of accounting in right. very short order can be done through machine learning. So it's going to be the people side, the consulting side, the problem analysis, um, understanding the opportunities that a particular employer has. That's the kind of thing that's going to dominate in the workforce. So schools need to be ready to change at a much more accelerated pace than I think higher education has ever been known for. And people working with technology, whether it's AI or something else. We're going to continue our conversation about career preparedness with Gloria Larson of Bentley University. You're listening to Bloomberg Radio. Back talking about higher education and career preparedness. Our co-host, Gloria Larson, President of Bentley University, a strategic partner of Bloomberg Radio. Also with us, Susan Brennan, Associate Vice President of University Career Services at Bentley. Um, Gloria and Susan, I was looking at some of the notes, and you guys emphasize shifting the thinking about outcomes from employment to employability. This is important, Susan. This is a conversation that I think we're having more broadly now in higher education that career outcomes, really employment as one metric, 
gets at, do you have a job at graduation? That's certainly important, and I think we need to elevate that conversation and think about measuring ROI as one measure. But I think the broader conversation about employability and the institutional imperative that we all engage in, what does that mean? How do we all own career preparedness that happens in the curriculum through campus experiences and through career education to get at longer-term employability and overall meaningful work and lives. And that's a much broader and really critical conversation. Mm -hmm. We were starting to allude to that a little bit earlier, this whole notion that the job that you have today when you graduate is going to change dramatically. And five years hence, you may have to have prepared yourself, be that lifelong learner who's been nimble in your learning and have prepared yourself for that next step. That's different than having a great job on day one and having that be the end goal. So it's part of the education is for parents and students, too, to realize that it's really important to be focused on both. It's an and, not an or. Yes, we want that ROI the day a kid graduates from Bitley University, but we also want to know that they're going to be successful over the longer term. And that involves life skills, too, in addition mm-hmm. to where the next career move is coming from. You know, we've always said that we believe that competence, confidence, community, and curiosity lead to meaningful careers and lives. And I think the curiosity is at the root of all of this idea that the, you know, especially as we're at commencement season, that it really is the commencement that we're just beginning this journey as we go out into the world and that we need to own that. And if we can arm our students with that ownership and accountability of how they're going to manage their careers, then we've given them a gift. How do you see other schools at this point in terms of their ability to make this an and, not an or? Focus both on, you know, what's your job and getting kids ready for their first meaningful career move and then more broadly the skill sets they're going to need to succeed over time. I think as a business university, we've always talked about this idea of fusion of business and liberal arts and the idea that choosing one or the other is a false dichotomy. And I think more and more schools are understanding that regardless of curriculum, a liberal arts school can look at the other side of the coin and say that we need to be thinking about the integration also of of practical skills and foundational skills and how we're going to build them in. And that can come through curriculum, but it can also come from experiences that we need to build in and, and make sure that they're part and really a guarantee of, of the educational experience. So internships is one obvious example yeah. that even five years ago, a lot of schools didn't have robust internship programs. But talk about inviting employers into schools and what you're seeing in terms of infusing the curriculum with new information and new mm-hmm. content. Um, are faculty open to that in other places? I know we are at, at Bentley. And also inviting employers into the classroom. With real problems to solve. Well, I think that is the last frontier, and I think that we've been fortunate at a business university to have an openness to to the benefit of that because, you know, what I've heard from our faculty is actually this idea that our students are now the ones who are benefiting our faculty by going out into the world and having experiences and being the ones to help sense make and and help students understand those experiences. And by the way, to bring back new technology and thinking um, that can then come back into the classroom. I think that that schools that I talk to who are struggling and and certainly appreciate academic freedom and integrity are also finding ways. How do we weave these conversations in? Um, I know Gallup spent the last two years talking to about a quarter of a million college students. And the one thing that came out that has to do with graduates and their overall well-being is about relevance. 
um, that nothing else measures up when it comes to is what I'm studying going to make a difference and, and, and be relevant to my career pathway. So I think that schools are understanding that they need to be more intentional. And a lot of it is just about having language to start to make those connections between what I'm learning in the classroom and the themes that I'm being exposed to um, and how those, that's going to tie to career. What's the balance, though, between, okay, something may not seem relevant today, mm-hmm. but it will be in a year or two years or three years from now, right? And we've often talked about the importance of just kind of being, you know, colleges and universities. Mm-hmm. You're exposed to so much stuff, and I think that helps you eventually down the road. So how do you balance what you guys are talking about with also providing those opportunities for, you know, individuals for their minds to open? You know, I think this was part of the argument that a lot of the liberal arts colleges had when originally, right after the recession, they were almost barricading themselves in and saying it's all about lifelong learning. I think they've gotten the and piece now because they understand that learning about and understanding ancient history. There are lessons to be learned in history. Philosophy is a great example. We have Mm -hmm. so many kids at Bentley who find so much guidance in terms of thinking through um, ethical questions in what they're doing in the business world through studying philosophy. So its relevance comes Mm -hmm. in all sorts of ways. And I think when you sit back and think about it, you can draw relevance from almost anything if that's the way it's being taught. And I think the idea of, you know, the internships, absolutely ways that students can start to get out into the world. But, you know, we have to deal with the realities that socioeconomic status and also location play a big part Mm -hmm. in terms of what students are able to be exposed to. So, again, coming back to this idea of mentoring um, and ways that students can be connecting for advice from those that are going to help them to pursue their, their hopes and dreams and how can schools find those connections of people who have have um, come before you and had similar experiences, even this idea of micro internships and the way mm-hmm. and I'm a, I'm very optimistic, honestly, about the way that technology is going to democratize the process for students today. Thank you so much. Enjoying your time today and, and how we've spoken over the last couple of years. Susan Brennan, she's Associate Vice President of University Career Services at Bentley University. Gloria Larson still with us, President of Bentley. We'll be back in just a moment continuing this conversation. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets. I'm Carol Masser, and this is Bloomberg Radio. I'm a hard, hard worker. I'm working every day. I'm a hard, hard worker. Yes, indeed. And as we've often done over the past years in talking about higher education and career preparedness, we've heard from all the parties involved and concerned about getting college students ready for the workforce, and that includes the business sector companies. Joining me and uh, my co-host, Gloria Larson, president of Bentley University, is David Lucy. He's vice president of talent acquisition at the global marketing company Epsilon, and both David and Gloria in our Bloomberg 1130 studio. Nice to have you here with us. Great. Great to be back. And to talk to you again. You're listening to this conversation. What's your perspective in terms of um, students coming out of college and universities, uh, colleges and universities, are they better prepared for the workforce or is there still work to be done? I think both. I mean, I think that they are more prepared than we saw even three or four years ago. There's still work to be done. Um, I was actually joking earlier that I, I think that the programs at schools like Bentley may have even prepared them too much because we're seeing some trends we haven't seen in a few years, such as students reneging on offer acceptances. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I feel like, boy, they've learned too much of the ins and outs. We've been talking on this too much. But um, Note but, to self. Note to self, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think they're coming out more. I think part of it is the economy, the job market's different, and uh, they're coming out with more confidence. And, you know, we're, we're definitely seeing that. You've got to keep it tampered a little bit so that it doesn't become a little too much uh, of entitlement, which we've seen a little bit. Mm. Um, but we have seen definitely over the last four years a, a big improvement. Talk to me a little bit about internships, because obviously everyone now understands that's part of the coin of the realm. You have to have great education in the classroom attached with real-world learning. But not all internships or preparation for internships are equal. Talk about how you approach internships yeah, at Epsilon. I mean, we approach it as that kind of experiential, almost 50-50 um, proposition. So we, we definitely hire because there are there's work to be done, and, and you'll talk with Mary later on who, who went through that and was doing real-world work, but, but we do see that as it's an exploration. And, and I talk with students all the time and say your internship may prepare you to find out what you don't want to do. And that's almost more invaluable than, than sort of because the odds of you working an internship and discovering this is what I want to do the rest of my life are pretty slim. But you can see and observe things that may not be what you want and help you to sort of hone that in. Um, but now everyone that, at least in our company that we hire out of school, has at least one if not two internships, which is a big change from a few years ago. It's interesting that that's the new baseline. What are yeah. you seeing in terms of the human skill set, yeah. their ability to be part of a team? Yeah, and that, I think, varies uh, depending on the schools. I think business schools and, and schools that do incorporate that, and we are seeing more, and you know, we, we visit probably close to 50 different schools across the country, internationally now um, as well, and the schools that embrace that team-oriented uh, group project is, is really going to prepare them better for what they'll face in the workforce where pretty much everything is a collaboration. There's not many jobs that you're just working by yourself alone right. anymore. You know, it's interesting. There's this whole gaming environment going on. I don't even know about it. It's like playing games. We grew up with Risk and that kind of thing. But it's games like that down in Wall Street in Silicon Valley. And part of it is often used as a way to recruit candidates to see how they play the game, how well they do, how they lose to see how they work and see whether or not you want to have that place, that person in the workforce, yep. and that's part of it. Absolutely. And, you know, there are companies that they're using that as part of their selection criteria is how they score on these games that they set up, um, which is kind of amazing to me. But um, but that's part of sort of the evaluation. But um, you want to have them come out of college also, right, mm -hmm. with that, 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 those skills, if you will. Absolutely. So when I think about a place like Epsilon, I think about your connection to so many different schools, and some invite you in to help with the curriculum and to actually bring problem solving directly into the classroom, right. which I think is a great extension of internships, right. and some are still reluctant. Could you I, talk a little bit about how do we bridge that gap? Yeah, I, I think it is. It's, it is. We, we talk about it with our team a lot, and I know a lot of colleagues um, trying to get through to the faculty at schools to see that there is sort of a connection between what they're teaching and the end game of getting a job coming out of college. But we still face a lot of reluctance, which I would think we wouldn't, but to come into the classroom and uh, either help, not even so much design the curriculum, but just to come in and talk. Um, they've sort of, some schools have put up walls and they've said, this is, you know, 
certain faculty who've been there. They're tenured. This is the way I've done it. Um, I'm not going to change that focus. But the schools that do let us in, um, you know, it's a huge benefit, I think, for the students. David, just got about 30 seconds left here. What about students and accountability and students taking their, you know, their own initiatives to do things? Yeah, they've got to take their careers. You know, they're going to come out with loans and, um, and debt that they need to own up to, and they need to basically take control of their career. They're going to be led by you know, schools that do give you uh, opportunity and show you the way, but they've got to take account. They've got to take ownership of their, their careers earlier than later. Any advice for schools as you're, as you're ending this <laughs> yeah. segment? Just quickly. Yeah, I mean, I think, honestly, just, just being open-minded to what the corporate world is saying. Some are there, some are reluctant, um, but the more that you let them in, I, I think it'll help for the long term. It's interesting. I think 100% of them very shortly are going to have to invite the outside world in. 100%. Interesting world and changing world. Um, David, thank you so much. Sure. A pleasure today. And thank you, Carol. as it was in the past, David Lucy, Vice President of Talent Acquisition at the global marketing company Epsilon. Teach your children well. So what's really wild is this is how we started in March of 2013 with that song, courtesy of our producer, Paul Brennan. But this is how we began this conversation. And what's always been really important as we talked about making sure or what was needed to have college students be prepared for the workforce is we talked about and to all the relevant parties. We talked to colleges and universities. We've, of course, talked to many folks at Bentley, and we've talked to companies, and we've talked to students. And that's where we find ourselves right now. Mary Ponziani is graduating this May from Bentley University. How exciting. And then she's headed to Epsilon to work. She joins me and Gloria Larson, of course, president of Bentley, in our New York studio. Whew. How you feeling? I am feeling very grateful. I'm very excited and very happy to be here. So thank you for having me. Tell us a little bit about your experience, because we were talking so much about being prepared for the workforce. What was the most important aspects of uh, your career experience and your college experience, rather, I meant, um, in kind of getting you to this position? So I always say um, Bentley has given me so much in these four years, um, both through the relationships with the companies that they've had that have led to me to my full-time position, um, the classes and professors who have brought in companies that I could talk to, um, learn what they want, and teach me, and then the fun part, which is joining organizations, becoming student government president, and learning how to really work with people, work with adults, and um, lead in a way that will prepare me to enter the real world. Um, I've had so many experiences that have just shaped me into this person that I don't know if any other <laughs> four-year college could have given me the way that Bentley has. Um, and I'm just, I'm eternally grateful to Bentley and to Gloria for being the role model that she is and for showing me what it's like to lead with empathy, but um, also to just be very impressive and um, the respect that the students give her is uh, she's a pretty amazing person, and you're gonna, she's not going to be able to talk. So you've got to stop for a second. <laughs> let's bring in yeah, Gloria. Let's, let's change course here a little bit. Although, thank you, Mary. Um, right back at you. You've been a, an amazing student in all respects. We like to think of our students as well-rounded. That the whole experience, both inside and outside the classroom, is a holistic one. So talk a little bit about how you were able to sort of. Take accountability, responsibility for your own experience at Bentley and build on the success that you're having. Well, I think that um, it's 
Bentley's known for having a really high placement rate with jobs, but um, it's not like that falls into your lap. You have to go and look for what you want. You have to go meet with your advisor at Career Services. You have to think about what kind of job you want, and you have to go get it. Um, so connecting with a bunch of different companies, meeting people, uh, that was something that was important to me. I thought it was interesting in um, some notes I was reading over that you went to, you, you thought, you said, before I came to Bentley, I was not as inclined to understand the cultural aspects of an office. I kind of thought that you'd go to work every day, you'd do the same thing basically over and over again, um, and that you would kind of be, I guess, a little bored and not really excited about the work. And I'm assuming through your education and your experience and exposure to companies and internships that you got to be like, oh, wait, it's not like that at all. No. Um, taking classes that you really enjoy and that interest you make you realize, wow, the real world's going to be fun. I'm going to have a good time. And then you go to your job, and you the internship I went to, I enjoyed going to work every day. And I had a lot of responsibility, and I felt very valued, which in turn made me realize that um, going to work every day is going to be an enjoyable experience. Mary, one of the things that interested me in hearing about your Epsilon experience as an intern was the things you felt. They were giving you a lot of responsibility and a lot of great opportunities, but you also felt like you were bringing some things to the workplace that um, you might not have had otherwise had you not had these things that you were willing to take advantage of at Bentley. Absolutely. Um I've had professors who have encouraged me to get certifications, HubSpot, for example. Once I entered uh, Epsilon, my manager asked me to get certified in HubSpot. What is I, that? It's um, just it's sorry, kind of, they're <laughs> sorry, HubSpot. They're like um, they're certifications of training that teach you um, inbound sales, inbound marketing, uh, okay. a whole different type of way of marketing. So you were encouraged um, to do that. I was encouraged to um, acquire these certifications. I did, and then once I went to work at Epsilon, my manager asked me, and I. I was already prepared and was very impressed. She'd already been certified when asked the question. Well, That's a good answer, it's by a, the way. It's a great answer. You know, it's interesting, you know, when we began this conversation a few, you know, five years ago, um, we talked about, you know, parents, whether they felt their, their kids were prepared, whether students felt like they were prepared. Um, tell me about the things that were kind of on your check, checklist of making sure that you were prepared for the workforce, especially coming off of the financial crisis and the mortgage meltdown, when there were so many people coming out of college, but also even people who had lots of experience and skills who couldn't find jobs. So kind of what went through your mind about what you needed to do to make sure you were ready? So I felt like my first step was to figure out what I wanted. So that was to take a bunch of our general business courses, what interested me. And I said, I like marketing. I like people. Um, let's, uh, let's dive into that. Um, next, what kind of companies am I interested in? Um, I've had two awesome internships um, working in brands and then agency and client side for marketing. Um, and I decided which one do I like more? I went to career services. I talked to them about what was the right path for me and then um, led me straight to the companies uh, through their guidance. Really active. Proactive. I love it. Um, good luck. Thank Congratulations. you. Congratulations. So and um, you sound like you're, you're on your way to a great future. Thank I you really so really appreciate much. you sharing uh, your story with us. Mary Ponziani, who's uh, graduating from uh, Bentley University this May. I do want to wrap up with uh, Gloria Larson, president of Bentley. This has really been a great conversation. And I've told you this before, but we'd be on air and somebody on the terminal, on the Bloomberg, would message me or somebody on Twitter because they either had kids at home or they were thinking about so many of the issues that we talked about. Um, 
what are what are some of your final thoughts? Well, I'm feeling great about um, obviously leaving Bentley in in good shape. I feel like we're growing as the marketplace grows, and that's the message that I hope all colleges and universities are heeding, the accelerated pace of how the marketplace is changing, um, how jobs aren't guaranteed in the way they were in the past, and the depth and breadth of knowledge and experience that you need, um, and that you need to keep upgrading your skills. I have this um, favorite expression that the CEO of HubSpot, Brian Halligan, uses, which is it's not about knowing it all. It's about learning it all Mm. over time. And that's what I hope four years of college is in preparation for the future. And then that you don't stop there and that employers encourage you to constantly be upgrading your knowledge and skills because it's going to be an imperative. Right. It's important um, because I've heard from a lot of folks, too, that that learning process is just it's going to continue for all of us. I can't even tell you how much this has meant to um, me, um, applying it to my daughter and just for our listeners. So thank you so much. This has been a tremendous opportunity for Bentley, and we're very grateful. Gloria Larson, everybody, president of Bentley University, joining us right here on Bloomberg Radio. And of course, uh, Bentley is a strategic partner of Bloomberg Radio. Thanks for listening to Coast to Coast. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Bloomberg.com. You can also listen to the radio show weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, only on Bloomberg Radio.